miserable and reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. As always, I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, presented by the Cold Cans Network. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social media channels, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, check out the YouTube channel, Cold Cans Network, um, right in the search bar that you see at the top where you normally are typing in useless videos. Remember, useless things later in this podcast. Um, and then... You know, while you're at it, this is a podcast after all, and everything has algorithms and analytics that are above what I know. But all I do know is I need you to give us five stars and a great review because it does help us. So do that on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, what have you. However you get your podcast, Miserable and Reckless is there. All right, so the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ryan, kick things off. Sure, that's fine. Um, my good is, so... Probably the last time you guys heard us talk, if you listen to it sequentially, I had COVID. Um, it was mild, so that's a good thing. Um, a better thing is that uh, my brother and his family came to visit, so I got to be an uncle. Um, so uh, that was really cool. Um, I know you guys got a picture of the kids. Uh, funny little anecdote was when they showed up, um, Auntie M, we'll call her, um, let the kids know that. Uh, Uncle Ryan had a tent, and wouldn't it be fun to go camping in the uh, second bedroom that I'm currently podcasting in? Uh, it's also where my wife works. And so all of a sudden, it turned into uh, Ryan needs to set up the tent that he's set up twice in his life uh, while the kids were watching. So there's a lot of pressure there. So uh, I'd just like to go on record and say thank wife for uh, making me have to set up the tent. The kids loved it, so that was awesome. Um, the uh, the bad is. Uh, if, if, if you want to say it, this, uh, I've got more family coming this week. So that's cool. We get back to back weeks of being aunt and uncle. Um, so the Delaware family is coming out. That's not bad, but the bad is that, uh, earlier today, um, I received a video from my brother-in-law and it was a long video, uh, basically explaining why my niece wasn't interested in seeing me, uh, despite his repeated attempts to say, you know, we're not just going to see Auntie M, we're also going to see Uncle Ryan. Um, she really had no interest in that and was much more interested in eating her goldfish and then went out of her way to point out that um, Auntie M was her favorite and that she was only interested in seeing Auntie M. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, Auntie <laughs> M can suck it. Um, <laughs> uh, she's sold me out now two weeks in a row. I don't know what promises she's made to, to this new one that's uh that's that's coming in this weekend but clearly she's she's you know ahead of the curve here and she's winning hearts and minds and so obviously everything's a competition so um i i need to you know uh step up my game and then the uh the ugly that i would say is just this i know we've talked about it and i think we might potentially be getting away from it although i'm not sure um the uh the the realignment rumors i'm just it seems like every time I look down at our group text, I'm just praying that it doesn't say something like North Carolina going to the Alaskan 12 or whatever. You know, like, it's and uh, I was reading an article about it this week, actually. And if you guys will oblige me, you said I could earlier. I'll read the article and this is what uh, I'll read an excerpt from the article. And this is what bugs me about the whole realignment thing. So when they talk about like TV markets and cable subscription and everything else, this is what this guy said. And I think it's the most accurate and concise thing that we could have said on this podcast, quite frankly. It says college football, I believe, is not built on TV markets and cable subscription fees. It is built on crisp, perfect fall days and pure spike. College football is propelled by a type of fury that is completely unintelligible to anyone who does not experience it or understand it. Fury at your rival, their coach, your own coach the people who make recruiting rankings, the people who work with you, who once taunted you after the wrong loss. It is about the most American force possible, vague, mostly unexplained hospitality, I almost said hospitality, hostility towards your <laughs> coworkers and neighbors. Most people have never set foot on their rival's campus. Some fans have never even set foot on their own team's campus. <laughs> and yet college football is their favorite thing in the world. Not <laughs> crucially, because it's a farm system for the NFL, or even because it makes them happy. The only real goal is for your rival to be more miserable than you are. Very little of what you put into your fandom gets paid back, aside from an occasional email, occasional email congratulating you on subscribing to a recruiting message board for 100 months straight, 
an empty case of Bud Light or a bottle of gin every Saturday and the ability to talk about Jacob Hester for 20 minutes at any sports bar in the Southeastern United States. And yet it's all somehow worth it. I guess we can stop the podcast because the guy said in two paragraphs where we've taken 87-ish podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to know why it's an ugly thing for me to just continue to read this bullshit in and out and about how we're going to have to join the Big Ten and how the SEC is going to ruin football and ruin potentially other things, that's my ugly of the week. And I can't do anything about it, and it's fun. That's a very accurate excerpt you read because – it's like I've heard my brother say, and I very much agree with, if my team can't win, I don't want my friends' teams to win. I want everyone to be just as miserable, if not more miserable than me. Yeah. No no one I know should enjoy success, period. No. That's, that's success. No one enjoying success. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Morgan, good, the bad, and the ugly. Holy hell. All right, then. <laughs> All right, well, I got a good, great, and ugly. Let's see, my good is uh, it was finally nice to see Chris Sell back on the mound for the Red Sox after being in, out with injuries for over a year. And um, he pitched, I think it was five or six great innings. No, no runs allowed. And it was, it was awesome. It, it was great. So hopefully he is... Uh, serviceable for the rest of the season if there is even a postseason at this point for us looking like they might just fall to the wayside anyway uh, my great uh, my little boy Brody uh, he started potty training a while back and four days in a row this week every morning he's gotten up ate breakfast and went to the potty and, and went so it's actually awesome and then after bath right before bath tonight he went again. He said, uh, I gotta use the bathroom. I was like, all right. Went to the bathroom, sat down and went. It was awesome. Nice. <laughs> when he got out of the bathroom, he said he had to go again. He sat back down. <laughs> <laughs> so it was awesome. Great, great stuff. I'm I'm so proud of him. Um and then my ugly for the week is uh to cover Come right back around to my good with Chris selling the Red Sox. As soon as he had a great six innings, lo and behold, our uh, bullpen, trust the old shitstorm of a god awfulness I've ever seen ever bullpen. Just once again, Brian Ryan Brazer. I don't even know why he's still on the damn team. He's horrible. Shouldn't be on the team, let alone even a minor league team. And uh, just destroyed the, the lead. And we fell behind and lost the game. And yeah, and oh, tonight, uh, as before I got on here, uh, winning three nothing against the Rays, and the bullpen gave up five runs in one inning. So that's that's my ugly. That's why you can't have nice things, Morgan. No, no, you can't. I just, you know, which one of y'all's favorite teams? Man, let's go root for them. I'm not running much good luck. <laughs> we don't want you for that reason. <laughs> well, come on, because your misery is my success, right? <laughs> I, I like the Yankees in Carolina and um, the, Braves. the Braves, the Cowboys, Patriots, Cowboys. Um, those are all my favorite teams. If you could ever win, that'd be great. Yeah, Alabama, Georgia, um, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan, Ohio State. They're, I'm a big time fan of Ohio State. Go Buckeyes. Um, if you can become a huge fan of St. Louis. <laughs> and yep, and yep, on yep, October yep. 1st, Morgan, um, yeah. I, you know, little old Clemson. <laughs> Just that day. You know, as, as Dustin says, your misery is my success. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dustin, good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the, the baseball standings as Morgan's talking. Because uh, I hadn't checked them in a while, and uh, lo and behold, the AL East, every single team is uh, over five hundred. Yeah, your O's are uh, creeping, creeping up the standings, man. Yeah, I, I, I just I say that to say, don't jinx it. Shut consistently, up. Consistently, <laughs> no, consistently, best division in baseball. God bless you. You make it out of that division. We're the SEC of baseball. 
It just means more in the ALE. <laughs> so, anyway, let's, let's get back on track here. Oh, yeah. uh, good. Um, uh, I was very excited to learn just not 30 minutes ago that uh, Bluey Season 3 will be coming out in August. Oh, yeah. Um, the first half of the season is coming out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the second half of the season is TBD. But August 10th, Disney Plus, 25 episodes of that magical little Australian on my TV screen. So <laughs> very much looking forward to that. And I know Emmy will be too. Do you have Disney mother. Plus? Through Hulu. Hulu forced oh, okay. us into it. Yeah. Um, kind of like uh, the conferences realigning or forcing everyone to hate college sports. Uh, Hulu forced us into Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. So anyway. But we... We watch it, use it to watch Bluey. So there we go. Win-win. Um, my other good is that there was a pretty good article in News and Observer here a while back uh, within the past week. Um, That's a first. It was, <laughs> well, the sports guys, I, I enjoyed. Um, it was, where does the ACC go from here? Five options for Jim Phillips in schools in North Carolina. And I just, it was kind of a, uh, there were some fun things in here. Most of it will never happen, but it was kind of one of those like when we have those discussions about what do we want to see happen or what is possible, and that was that was what this article was that, and he like break, basically broke it down into five different ones. One was stay the course, one was break with tradition and do unequal revenue sharing, another was dissolve uh, the political bonds. Um, so basically, what he meant by that was. Uh, let you know eight teams find homes and dissolve the conference um turn back the clock which is basically like go back to being like an 18 conference and you basically become like a bus league again and then the last one the folks on this podcast will love because this particular writer has a lot of hate in his heart so he would he would fit in well on this podcast he uh he said trim the fat and he he was like i'm just gonna pick a team at random boston college um, and if you listen or read any of his other writing, he hates Boston College, he hates Syracuse, and he hates Miami. And uh, and he's like, they've all done nothing for the league, zero, and they just take, take, take from the league. And it will ha- they add no value. They take and it's gone. Is basically his argument. And he was like, Miami's the worst mistake we ever made, and. Syracuse and Boston College are up there with them. And so I got such a big chuckle out of it because I knew like the guys, I was like, I'm going to save this for, for when we get on the podcast because you're going to agree with it. Um, and then he went as far to say there's precedent for kicking teams out. And he was explained how the Big East kicked out Temple. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the writer? Do you remember? Uh, Luke DeCock, I think. Uh, okay. He's a Tar Heel Homer half the time. Yeah, I, he's funny though. I, I like him. He, he, he is funny. He, he hates on the same teams we hate on. Like <laughs> he might be, uh, he might be a little bit of the Carolina guy, but he also is an AC, like a, a traditional ACC Homer. And so when he looks at all these teams, uh, he really calls it like he sees them, which is basically kind of how we see them. And by the way, Morgan, he's actually is a a fan of Virginia Tech. He was like, Virginia Tech was the only good thing that we've added. <laughs> well, of course. We only so. pretty much added gold to every conference you went to. Except no trophy, but... <laughs> well, well. I, I wish that was true in more recent years, but anyway. We'll leave it at that. Good article. You should go read it if you want to have some fun thinking about what could be five scenarios. Um, my ugly and angle alluded to this is Greg Sankey hates college basketball, March Madness. <laughs> and I sent this around to the guys this week. Uh, Jeff Goodman on his podcast said that he had some sources that were in the transformation committees meeting, which we did a previous episode where we detailed the transformation committee and what that's all about. Um, and Sankey was basically uh, looking to increase the number of power five school uh 
the power five presence in March Madness and less than the non-power five presence. So in other words, no Cinderella's, you know, I'm sure that has nothing to do with Kentucky getting beat by St. Peter's um, this year, or the fact that the SEC is almost as incapable as the Big Ten at winning a national championship. But, um, you know, Mr. I hate, I hate college sports. I'm going to ruin it for everybody else who wants to mess with March Madness. Keep your hands off March Madness. That's all I'm saying. You can ruin football. Nah, you know, I can, I can live with that. But if you ruin March Madness, we're going to have a problem. So that's so my he, idea for the week. So he, he basically wants to stop allowing Butler to get in just so we can see Vanderbilt. Yeah. Or yeah, no, no, thank whomever. you. Whomever. Yeah. I'd rather see 10 Butlers, you know, destroy my bracket than uh, another SEC team like Vanderbilt have a hey, hey, welcome to the party. Yeah, or Georgia. Georgia basketball, yeah. you know, that powerhouse yeah. down south. As much as I love Ole Miss, I can't say I've ever watched an Ole Miss basketball game. I did, however, pay a significant <laughs> amount of money to go see UNC play St. Peter's. Just going to go ahead and say Angle, Angle, if it, if it makes you funny, but I don't think Ole Miss's own basketball team has watched themselves play basketball. <laughs> that might explain why they play basketball. I don't even watch them. Like, outside Kentucky, uh, the SEC is not a, a basketball conference. So. Florida was okay. Maybe, maybe Auburn. Florida was going to be. They have teams that are up and down. Kentucky is consistent. They have, then then they have teams that are up and down. I agree with you. So, basketball wise, ACC and Big Twelve have been the most consistent. And Big East has been good too in recent years. And well, yeah. historically and recent years. But anyway, but if you're looking for consistency, consistent programs and teams that win championships go to Final Fours. Not SEC. ACC, Big Twelve are always in the conversation. All right, so that leaves me. I've got a good, a good that leads into an ugly. Uh, the first good is uh, last episode of Country Golf Cans. Jordan, he's been on this show once or twice. He he joined us, and me and him, uh, we had mentioned it in the past, but in about two two and a half weeks, uh, our first episode of our seasonal podcast for college football is going to be dropping. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. Check that out. I'm sure I'll mention it here once we get to the week of release date. But he and I are going to be focusing. On college football, but with a heavy lean, of course, on the ACC for however long it exists. And Jordan will be uh, giving you a little bit of gambling insight. It'll be your choice whether or not you want to listen to him on that. But uh, we're going to be talking a a lot of this stuff uh, pretty in-depth with ACC this year. Uh, Second good is um, we're about seven weeks out from college football now. And today, we or two days ago, we got our email about away games for NC State, and uh, got to see the pricing for the ECU game, the first game, and the UNC game at the uh, end of the year. Um, I'm definitely going to be at the Greenville game for sure, and probably going to go to the Chapel Hill game, but the Greenville game is always fun to visit to, but it's always a dangerous game, and this year with the expectations for the Wolfpack going to Greenville with the first game is a, a, a trap game to start the year off, but the this leads into my ugly. The ECU fans on Twitter have they're two months out, and they're already talking trash from their seven and five squad last year. Um, and, you know, I'm just reminded of what the old saying in North Carolina is. If you can't get into college, go to ECU. <laughs> so that's uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> uh, Tom, just tell them there's an early Halloween party going on down the street, though. <laughs> tell them there's half price beer at Sup Dogs and they, they'll leave the stadium. <laughs> I haven't been there in- 15 years. I don't think I've been there in like six years. This will be my first trip back since I was like 23, 22, something like that. That's about 19, 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Too recent for you too, Morgan. That's way too recent. That's way too recent. (laughs) First time I went to Greenville was last year on a road trip. We stayed the night, we drank some gin in the hotel room by ourselves, and then we left as soon as possible. (laughs) That's still still something a shitty time. When you told me you were like stopping and staying in Greenville, I, I remember telling Jenny, I was like, "What are they doing? <laughs> well, Why are they staying in Greenville? I don't need an explanation. There's no good explanation for that." How the the lower life of college football lives. <laughs> <laughs> they did put us in Wrightsville Beach about nine a.m., so that worked out. 
mean, yeah, I still don't know. Worth it? Mm. No. Fair enough. <laughs> the only thing worth visiting in Greenville is Subdocks, and uh, you didn't go there, so you got to, that town's just awful. I think they won the best bar in North Carolina. What? No, they've won the Barstool Best College Bar in the country for three years straight. In the country? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I think the best thing about ECU Greenville is the stoplight you get to when you're leaving town. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we move on, just yes. we'll say I'm not hating on Eastern North Carolina in general. That's my home. Just Always it will be my home. I love Eastern North Carolina. But Greenville isn't really my favorite place. It ain't St. Louis. But it ain't my favorite place either. I don't have a huge issue with ECU, although I very much enjoyed the uh, the swimming and the baseball rivalries that we had at UNCW. <laughs> the uh, the locker rooms uh, for the pool at UNCW. If you went into the to the men's and women's locker rooms at the indoor pool where the swimming stuff happened, uh, the urinal cakes were all ECU. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to like ECU. But they make it hard to like them. Uh, they they just think they're better than they are. And um, now I've had some really fun times in Greenville, but that was me uh, circa 2012 to 2016. And I don't think that I have the same interests that I did um, as I did six to ten years ago. I think that Greenville would just be a, a trash haven these days. So Greenville, take Maybe it or leave it. You're not interested in getting drunk and meeting women? anymore well, the, the the drinking five five dollar cover one dollar watered down beers it doesn't appeal appeal to me like it used to is it still a natty light town it used to be a natty light town. i don't even know what they drink now i mean i, I haven't been there since in like six years <laughs> well, you're the most well i actually no, i'll take that back i was about to say you're the most recent visitor but angle was the most recent yeah visitor, so he would have to tell us <laughs> I love sup dogs. I can't reiterate that enough. We're getting one in Raleigh soon. Uh, the owner finally bought a location across the street from NC State. So um, I'm excited about that. Me and my friend said we're definitely going to go there and we're going to be the oldest guys there, but don't care. Sup dogs is a fun time. Sounds like he's going to be printing money. Oh, yeah, definitely will. <laughs> but anyways, as we say in the South, bless their heart. All right. Speaking of the South, we got a Southern Spotlight. Dustin, take it away. Right, Southern Spotlight's back. I, uh, I was telling you guys, there's two or three places we went when we were when we took our trip down to Wilmington and to Myrtle Beach, and uh, they weren't all in these areas, but this one will be in those areas that I thought were pretty good, and I wanted to share with the world. Um, so our last night in Wilmington, we went over to Wrightsville Beach Brewery, which, just for the record, is not in Wrightsville Beach. So it's a little bit of a confusing deal there. But it's off Oleander and Wilmington, <clears throat> kind of close to the Dairy Queen that has no sit-down area, uh, which if anyone who's driven Oleander, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Because I, first time we passed there, maybe not first time ever, but first time my wife noticed it was on this most recent trip. She's like, that's the smallest Dairy Queen I've ever seen. And I was like, well, walk up to the window and get your ice cream, and then you're good to go. So right around the corner from that Dairy Queen is Riceville Beach Brewery. It's a pretty big spot. Um, they have a, a nice indoor area. They have a bar, uh, obviously. Um, they have a nice outdoor area where you can sit, and then they have some outdoor seating. Um, it's out, The outdoor area is dog-friendly, as most breweries are, which is great because we had our, our dog with us on the trip. Um, but, you know, we went there for dinner. And we were sort of like, it's supposed to be good. We'll see. Um, people said like the pizza was good, you know, there was, you know, the seafood was good. The oysters were good. What we ended up getting shrimp and grits and a pesto pasta and they were good stuff. And the portions were so massive that we basically just shared one of the entrees and took the other one home. Um, service was great. The beer was fine. I didn't get to try too many of them. So there's probably maybe some better ones than I would actually got the drink um but it was a good spot if you're looking to just go have a couple beers and actually have a good dinner riceville beach brewery it's a good spot i definitely recommend the shrimp and grits the grits were one of the better grits i've had in a long time 
Um, and you know, if you're in the area, check that out and we can throw our Southern spotlights on this show. Plus just in general, we've got a whole long list of places that you can go in Wilmington. If, if every year want to go out there, America, where are your guys to tell you where to go? Riceville Beach Brewery, from and Grits, good place. Check it out next time you're in town. Uh, I got a uh, just a real quick. You talk about shrimp and grits in Wilmington, a restaurant called <clears throat> Henry's off of uh, Independence. Um, is well known for their shrimp and grits. So, really, yeah. The yeah. so next next time you're in town, there, uh, check check it out. Yeah, hopefully that won't be three years from now. That was my last <laughs> trip. <laughs> you want to know a little something to pass on to Jenny about the Dairy Queen? Sure. In the time that I was in Wilmington, that Dairy Queen got hit by a drunk driver four times. Four times? Four times. And I was like, Gosh. I was like, these people do not know about cookout clearly because <laughs> for it's a very small establishment. And for it to get hit by a car, especially that far off the highway, it's on Route 17, which is also doubles as Oleander Drive for that part of town. So the Route 17 that goes all the way through Eastern North Carolina, down Savannah, everywhere else. Uh, that restaurant got hit four times in the Danish years I was in town. And all four wow. times they had to replace the glass and everything else. So That that place, it, all right, so just so America understands, this place yeah. doesn't like sit like right on the highway. No. Like it's not like a couple parking spaces in the building. Like no. if you veer off the road, like, you're really off the road, like, <laughs> incredibly off the road. Like you're you're out of control. Like you're driving too fast. Yeah. So and it is kind of around. A, a, it's a little bit after the curve in the road. So maybe that's a little bit of it. But hey. good lord, I will Jeez, say. I mean, I guess the ice cream's just really good. <laughs> <laughs> they decided to make it a um a drive-in experience. <laughs> Yeah. I, you mentioned the cookouts just just so America knows I think I told y'all they, there are now two cookouts flanking UNCW Ooh. there's one on one side like where the old Hardys used to be is yeah. one. and then over there by uh, just around the corner from the quads there's the other and I tell you what that's got to be maybe the most successful cookout in the country because every time I ride past them, mm-hmm. they're full. And I wish it was me who opened those cookouts because <laughs> I said 15 years ago, I think when we went on um, a trip there, a, gr- a group of us, I was like, man, there ought to be a cookout right here. Daggummit, there's two of them. <laughs> anyway, so there's a southern spot. <laughs> Dairy Queen drunk driving and uh, cookout, cookout, and Henry's. plus Riceville Beach Brewery and Henry's. <laughs> <laughs> and if we haven't lost our audience yet, outside of uh, two eight four zero three, then uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on. All right, so we've been talking a lot about uh, college football realignment. I mean, it's one of the biggest stories. Um, but Dustin mentioned something to us. And he was, you know, the more I got to think about it, the more he's 100% right. We all are reading so much about college football realignment day in and day out, reading the rumors. I'm scouring social media to see what's the latest thing that Swim Swam decides to put out there. (laughs) And in reality, it's nothing that we can control. And it's only probably going to, like, make our lives more miserable. But, but, you know, doggone it, we're, we're out there looking for it, looking for the misery. So we got Dustin to thinking about how much, uh, what, how often and, and what are the things that we spend our time consuming, whether it's video or written format that is, offers no substantive positive impact on our lives. We just spend a lot of time on it, reading about it, and it, it offers us no value. So since it was your idea, Dustin, why don't you kick things off on what you waste your time with week in and week out? Oh, I mean. The biggest one right now and biggest one for like a year now has been what you just said. I have learned so what I've learned things and I've also wasted a bunch of time on people's rumors about conference training and conferences and revenue and like just 
digging into it, I'm, I'm finding myself like, all right, well, what are the TV ratings for uh, football teams? And like, and, and this data is out there. Like I've actually been spending a, a little bit of a significant amount of time trying to find the data for basketball. Cause I'm just curious how that stacks up against, you know, football, but, and I can't, and basketball is not as readily available because there's just not as many people. I can tell you real quick on that, that even the Duke UNC final four game paled in comparison and ratings to just a run of the mill college football game between two non powers. I saw a graph about that the other day. I don't think that's true. Uh, I saw that, that, no, I, I saw that the Duke UNC final four and the championship game put in like 16 million people. There's no way that a run in the middle bowl game pulled in uh, 16 million people. The Outback Bowl with UCF and Tulsa doesn't get 16 million eyeballs. <laughs> I'm not saying it's accurate. There is a lot of what do they call it misinformation out there. So no, <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, just one example of kind of where I went down the the rabbit hole. There was uh, the college football like. I still have the tab open somewhere. I probably could t- give you all some of the stats. Uh, it was college football, like average viewership. I think they averaged it over like four years. And the data was like maybe 16 to 20 or something like that. And, you know, the conference is more or less what you would expect. There were a couple surprises in there. Um, but like Clemson was averaging like two and a half million. And then, um, it actually surprised me a little bit. Carolina and State were under a million um, eyeballs on the game on average. Um, and then, but like Louisville was up over a million. That kind of surprised me. But it, then that sent me down the like rabbit hole of basketball. And um, I will say, I did find that in a recent basketball season, the past couple of years, Duke was averaging like 2.3 million viewers for their regular season games, which pretty good compared to most everybody else. And you got to take into consideration they play 30 times a year. But so anyway, so that's, these are the kinds of things I'm like, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? What's these numbers? And it just kind of, I like kind of get into the data side of it a lot. And I'm just kind of like, well, just waste too much time finding that. And then there's the swim swams and the, um, and then the, the people who, say like oh well somebody said this and then it gets retweeted or or uh shared on reddit or whatever eighty five thousand times it's just it's out of control there's probably 30 maybe max 50 people in the country who truly have some vision of what's actually going i bet if we're being serious so even the best reporters don't have a clue and um, one thing that actually, in a way, is encouraging to me, if you want to hear the silver line of all this, when I got to thinking about it, is uh, we follow this stuff fairly closely. The stuff that we say is just like the, our alternative media platform here is as informative or as good as almost anything I've seen from just about anywhere. Like, and it's not because we're like hearing what someone else says and says it is because we're spending time like thinking about it and we text about it all the time and like it's an informed you know opinion yeah we talk about it way more than you hear on this podcast a lot and uh (laughs) and so i'm just i will say from a positive perspective um we're pretty we're not too bad on this stuff and so we should feel good about that however how many hours did it take (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my time to get to that point maybe too many so that's probably the biggest thing i'm sure i could come up with some other uh time wasters but that one's been the biggest one these days just rabbit hole after rabbit hole wanting to know about how all this stuff's going to shake out when ultimately no one knows and uh we can be a little bit informed about it but it's just going to continue on its course and what's going to happen is going to happen. So and then you can come here for reaction. on this one record. <laughs> All right, Morgan, what do you waste your time on? Oh crap. Where do I start? Um, 
Really? I guess, you know, not so much anymore because the issue's no longer around, but for a while, I wasted a lot of time worrying too much about uh, sports and uh, mainly uh, my college football team. You know, you're just, you would be recruiting or wondering when the hell they were going to fire Fuentes. I spent too much time reading websites <laughs> and articles and, and just stressing my life out when at the end of the day, it, it, it you, know, you can't control it, as you say. So why, why let it bother you? But I don't, I don't know why I did. It just, you know, I joined um, a friend of mine invited me to join like a, a message board on Twitter. I guess not really a message board, but, bunch of people who are hokey fans just emailing back and forth and every day I just you know two or three people on there are actually people who have I guess well known sources within the uh athletic department so they kinda actually get a few tips before things go down on certain things and every day I was like, hey, is front end getting fired? What about Cornelson? You know <laughs> <laughs> mostly concerned about Cornelson. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know why it bothered me. I just, I really don't. I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, it, it's a sport and they're going to play shitty or great regardless of me watching. So I don't, I don't know why that these things bother me and they get all been out of shape and worked up. And, you know, a day later, I'd almost forget about it and just go to, about my business. And then all of a sudden I just, Start sitting there, creep back, starts creeping back in, and I start looking up articles online and you know, where the rumors here and who's who's who could potentially be the next head coach. And oh, are we gonna, you know, we're gonna go after these recruits and why aren't we going after, you know, the, those type of recruits? So, um, you know, it just uh, those are the things that I guess I spend too much time on that, uh consumes my time and it bothers me when I shouldn't love it. I definitely feel you on that. I was that guy that 14 years ago when Duke fired Ted Roof in football, I had Google alert set up on my Gmail account for like six <laughs> different candidates to let me know yeah. when he was interviewing. Ended up being Cutcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, what do you waste your time on? There's no way that you guys are ever going to guess what this is, but I did tease you guys a little bit earlier. Um, there's a multiple things that I could think about. Um, Coldplay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't spend a lot of time on them. I just listen to their music when I'm like trying to evaporate my mind of everything I've just read about this nonsense. I could either go commercial real estate because it impacts my job. And I know we had a whole conversation about it, but the one that's more topical for this podcast, uh, what I mean by commercial real estate is I'm uh, briefly, I'm interested in now that people that don't necessarily have to go into an office, I'm always curious to see, uh, because we've had two years with people not in an office, I'm always curious to see how that's going to impact offices. Here's why. I build offices for a living. <laughs> so I have to stay there. <laughs> however, I also hey, get work. back to work, people. <laughs> however, I've worked from home for six years. So I'm like in like the fulcrum of like this, like I would I would like it if we could make small offices because it makes my life easy and I'm lazy. But at the same time, I would also like it if it wasn't a big deal of people. So I'm always curious to see where that goes because. I'm good at doing it, and it's probably what I'm gonna. Do. I would. It's probably what I would like to do. Op, you know, short of like operating a pool or something for the next however long. Uh, operating a pool doesn't give you as great health benefits, and my wife's not as happy with me when I do that. So it's uh, the match on the four hundred one k there. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'll probably keep doing the commercial thing. Anyways, that's another topic for another time. But uh, so and that's probably the second time I talked in this podcast about what I do for work. Anyways, moving on. The thing that's more interesting to me and uh, is absolutely connected to Duke and University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And I use the full name because it's a legal thing. And Appalachian State University, I believe I said that correctly, as opposed to App State, is I, every six weeks or so, think to myself, 
hmm, what the hell happened to those kids? And I go Google it and I go look for it and I can never find anything. And I'm convinced that this is, I'm the same person, by the way, that tried to make my wife watch a documentary on D.B. Cooper 50 years after D.B. Cooper jumped out of a plane. <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I'm not. However, my wife makes me watch those too. I like we're born in the same week. So maybe there's a, maybe there's a connection there. Um, I, I like the unsolved stuff that like, seems like there, it doesn't have like a clean ending. And even if we get like lied to and told it's a clean ending, I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Like I can, I, we, we all agree on this. We can move on. Right. But anything that it's kind of messy or it's kind of like untied or whatever. So I think we might've briefly talked about this, but we didn't want to talk about it too much because we are new at doing this podcast. In, uh, in December of 2020, do you guys remember the huge drug bust that happened at Carolina? You guys yeah. were hearing about this? Yeah. Like 22 students got yes. it arrested. Uh, and, it was right. across multiple universities. I think all the ones you named too. Yeah, it, the three I named. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I'm I'm like an expert on this case. I've been I've spent this week. So I, I I got a bug in the back of my head literally this week. So Dustin, when you brought this up as a, p- a potential topic, I was like, oh, I know exactly what I spent two hours today while I should have been listening to my meetings about commercial real estate doing. And it was <laughs> it was typing in like court cases or people's names, because of course, horrifically, their names have been put all over the media, right? I mean, they they did potentially bad things, depending on how you feel about that. So like obviously their names are out there. But the thing that that crossed my mind was, man, oh man, like to to long story short, um in December of 2020, if you type in UNC drug bust, uh it'll come right up. I guarantee you, because it was all over the news, it was everywhere. I believe 21, 22 people were arrested. They were doing work at Chapel Hill. All right. Talking about like we we joke on this podcast about like duffel bags and like paying players and academics and all this kind of stuff. Like these people were doing work. Um, they uh, they moved about a million and a half worth of dollars of all sorts of stuff. I think they got arrested with, I got the numbers here, a thousand pounds of marijuana, several hundred kilograms of Coke, um, significant other quantities of other drugs. I mean, it was it was pretty outrageous. I'm not going to name check the our frats that they were moving them out of, but there was three frats. If you're really interested, you can go read about the frat. I'm not a frat guy, but um, I have been in one of the houses and I was friends with somebody for a very long time uh, at the Chapel Hill house that uh, some of the uh, that has now been disbarred or whatever the appropriate term is um, off the campus. So uh, I have been in the basement where apparently a lot of this situation was happening. So, uh, that was interesting to me and I'm, I'm fascinated by this whole story. They, they were basically, um, watching them for three years. They had a whole network of stuff set up. They were emailing or sorry, not emailing. They were using the U S postal service, which is a bad idea to, uh, (laughs) mail cash back and forth. Um, I mean, I mean, that's a that's a federal offense right there. And then on top of that, they were going to, you know, driving out there and driving stuff back and they were mailing certain stuff through the mail. And you could read all about it if you want to. But are these kids, are these kids at UNC supposed to be smart? You would think the kids. Are we get, Jesus Christ, a kid at Danville Community College would know better than to use the Postal Service. The, the one, the, the one point five million or whatever it was. That's what was transferred through financial institutions using money orders, Western Union, mobile payment applications. They were like on Venmo and PayPal and stuff like that. However, they mailed like a crap ton of stuff through the mail, like with like envelopes full of cash. I'm like, <laughs> so they also oh. used electronic devices that traced every single ounce of business they did. <laughs> fucking morons. They posted, um, they posted the prices of the drugs on a group me chat um 
it was in their frat. Because uh, the FBI doesn't know how to use that. <laughs> they went. They went all in. One of the frats, unfortunately, the one that I was connected to, um, or as, as in like through a friend, um, went in uh, all together to buy. I forget the amount, but it was a significant amount of cocaine for spring break when they're in Panama City. Um, so that was that was a good time. <laughs> Um, anyways, 21 of these people got arrested, and I know we're in North Carolina, probably too North Carolina Central on the podcast, but these kids, I'm not going to say their names, 24 Carborough, 27 Hillsborough, 23 Durham, 24 Hillsborough. Uh, for those who don't know, Carborough and Hillsborough are right outside of Chapel Hill and Durham. 27 Charlotte, 24 Carborough, 23 Carborough, 23 Kill Devil Hills out in Outer Banks, 24 Greensboro, 35. That guy was an asshole. Charlotte, uh, he should know better. 26. I don't know where the he should know better kicks in. Maybe it's 30. 26 Durham, 23 Apex, uh, 21 Chapel Hill, 22 Boone, which is where App State is, 24 Raleigh. Fucking morons. 26 Greensboro, 23 Chapel Hill, 22 Chapel Hill. And here's the last one that got me 27 Wilmington. So, even Wilmington, for all we've talked about how wonderful it is. And uh, the ones that I said at the end Wilmington, Chapel Hill, Boone, Raleigh, uh, Chapel Hill, and Greensboro. Wilmington makes a lot of sense. But, well, those guys are up against some serious shit. Well, I mean, you fuck with you fuck with fire, you're gonna get burned, man. Conspiracy to distribute. Should should we be legal? Yes, but it's not. And until it is, follow the law. So they've they've got communication. All of this is public knowledge. I'm not trying to drag them through the mud. The interesting thing to me was the guy was 27 um, from Wilmington. Um, I then once I started to kind of dig into this a little bit more. I realized I knew his parents because they went to my gym and I'm probably giving a little too much away. But when I worked at Wilmington, uh, or sorry, in Wilmington, I worked at a gym for a long period of time. It was something I did to put myself through college. And I realized I knew his parents because his parents came to our gym. Uh, so um, I also worked at a country club. They were members of the country club that I worked at. So <laughs> I realized that I probably came into contact with this kid and now he's potentially facing 20 years of prison. So I've kind, I don't know him. I, but I can understand that he uh, was in, was in a basement that I've been in before. His parents were at a gym I worked at before. So it's not that it's personal to me and it's not that I would have made the same decisions. Um, Although apparently I'm stupid enough to get a reckless driving ticket. So, so the idea here being, it's interesting to me and I keep trying to check in to see like what happened to them. Cause I think to myself, like, man, like Logan, I think you're what you're 27, 28. Okay. This kid was 27 when he was convicted. If you were up against 20 years in prison, I mean, that's a, that's a significant life. <laughs> yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. <clears throat> and then even if you're not, getting prison time because your dad or mom or whoever knows somebody, then you're, uh, you, you know, you're you, still have that on your, <laughs> you, still, you know, it's kind of hard to get a new job, you know, like, so uh, long story short, all this to say, I've been, I've been going back every six weeks. And the reason why I keep going back every six weeks is because I can't find out any information on this stuff. So I don't know if these guys just all got great lawyers. All I can tell you is the two people from app state, they're convicted and they're in jail. And the other person from California who was funneling all this to them from probably Mexico um, is uh, also in jail. But yet, are we surprised? All the kids from Duke and Carolina that were like manufacturing this whole network of bullshit. It all disappeared. Never heard anything about them ever. Smoking mirrors. So... I'm fascinated by this story. I can't understand why there isn't more information on the internet about it. All the information kind of just comes to a halt as soon as their names were put out online. And so I, every now and again, I think to myself, like, I wonder if there's any new information on this, like, 
drug ring. Not because I want them to go to jail necessarily. I just, I'm just interested in it. And it obviously affects two universities that I've cared about for a long time. And I know the, vaguely the, some of the people that are involved in it. And I've been in the same places. So if that was a long enough way of saying, what have I spent way, way, way too much time on this week and way, way, way too much time on for the past two years? It's definitely this story. <laughs> and that was your Southern spotlight on drug dealing in the triangle. <laughs> it was a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So mine is really four things that I consistently waste time on. Quickly, I'll go through, since I have four, what they are. The first one, um, as Dustin alluded to, is conference realignment. I waste a lot of time reading the message boards, reading articles from obscure websites. Uh, Lately, YouTube has been a big part where I get called up because I watch YouTube, like not YouTube TV, but regular YouTube on my TV every night. I've been lately listening to this Big 12 podcast, of all things, called 365 Sports with three guys out of Waco <laughs> that that keeps popping up. I've been listening to that. Um, there, there was this one uh, kid that I've listened to and I hate his voice. So I refuse to listen to it again um, called the depressed ginger. He's an awful show. Don't listen to him. But like those things keep popping up. Cause like I said, algorithms, these algorithms after I watch one or two things start feeding me more. And it's like a, you get stuck down the rabbit hole. So college football realignment is one. Number two is anything related to the podcast world of professional wrestling. I listen to uh, Eric Bischoff's 83 weeks with Conrad Thompson all the time. Um, He offers a very interesting insight to the business side of WCW, the creative side, all the, the quick, the very fast rise and very fast fall during the Monday night wars from 96 to 01. That's just fascinating to me, but offers me no value in life and no reason why I should know the things that I know about Time Warner's merger with AOL and uh, how it affected WCW uh, post and, and, and pre-merger and <clears throat> all the creative things with all the different wrestlers and everything. I listen to that one. Sometimes I listen to other interviews with Bruce Pritchard, longtime WWF, now WWE executive. I, I find that fascinating, but like I said, in the grand scheme of things, it's a waste of my time. Um, other than one or two of my friends, like they, like when am I ever going to talk about this with anyone a- out there in the world ever? Um, I, asked no, I asked you about wrestling this week. You did ask me about That's wrestling. True. Yeah, you did ask me about wrestling, so it did kind of tie in. There's some crazy stories though. Like, oh, it's fa- it, it's fascinating. It, it's that world is nuts, and we especially back I, then. Yeah, we've I've mentioned this before. Dark Side of the Ring on Vice. Yep. Great show. Because I just am blown away by how nuts that world is. I mean, so yes. Uh it might be a waste of time. You don't get necessarily any value out of it, but you hear some crazy stories yeah. which are interesting. Um and an interesting side of the business. It, so anyway. And I, to the point that I know all the lingo that the people backstage know, like when they're ribbing someone and heel and face and those are just like the easy terms but like i'm so well versed in in backstage pro wrestling jargon i mean it's like dustin said it's just crazy stuff that has gone on in the 70s 80s and 90s in that uh profession and it half of it like with pro wrestlers when they talk about something that happened it may or may not have happened like these guys are perpetual liars so i don't know it's fun to listen to number three in the same vein of uh short eight to 20 minute videos that I get caught down the rabbit hole almost every time there's a new release in this genre. But in this time, it's, it's not always when there's a new release, I get caught listening to these really freaking nerdy, uh, YouTubers, um, who offer some pretty interesting content for me on the Marvel cinematic universe, all the leaks and the, uh, and the, um, the rumors of what's going to happen in future uh, release dates and then they tie it back to the uh, comic book world and where the source material was and I've probably read three comic books from Marvel in my life but somehow I have a wealth of knowledge that when people ask who is this character I can give them a backstory on who it was and the difference in the MCU versus the comics and I've never read the comics it's because of YouTube YouTube I've watched I watched like two of them around the time Spider-Man Noah Helm was coming out and now it's just like my feed is inundated with it and I'm constantly just clicking on, oh, this will be cool. Before you know it, three hours passes. 
and it's one in the morning and I've been listening to a mix of pro wrestling and Marvel YouTube videos. So yeah, another thing that offers me no value in life. And, um, once in a while, something will pop up at work for people that are fans, but don't know who a character is. And that's when I gotta be, Oh, I can explain that to you. So I guess there is that, uh, for whatever that's worth. And then the fourth and final one, um, is, uh, the videos. I find these really hilarious for whatever reason, when people of one political side, uh, do reaction videos to TikTok videos of people from another political side. It's just, I, I don't know why, but it, it entertains me. It's hilarious just because the ridiculousness of what one person's saying and then the equally sometimes ridiculous take of the person that's reacting to it. And I'm trying to stay vague here on this for the, because, you know, it ain't a political podcast, but <laughs> they're really funny. And I, I get caught watching those all the time. And it's like, so my YouTube, if you want to see what I waste my time on, log into my YouTube account. Um, you'll see a mix of. Uh, What's that password? And <laughs> user? It's peanut butter 23, but um, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a mix of pro wrestling podcasts, YouTubers talking about the Marvel cinematic universe, uh, political reaction videos and um, college football realignment with just lately a dash of barstool content just to put the cherry on top. So lots of time wasted for me every uh, night in and night out when I have uh, time that I'm supposed to be trying to go to sleep and then I'm not. This checks out. When I walked downstairs after sleeping until about 5.30 in the afternoon, you were watching <laughs> YouTube on your TV, which I was like, these kids don't know what TV's for anymore. You just have to turn it on. You don't have to go to do something on your phone. You can just, you can just turn it on and it'll play stuff for you. <laughs> yeah, that I was. I was watching YouTube. I think I was watching The, the Yak from Barstool, which is just a nonsense show to begin with. <laughs> It's entertaining to me. It's it's like what people 15 to 20 years years ago when they were watching like the real world. It's kind of like the same the same right. comparison. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, did that still still watch some reality like nonsense shows. That's another thing I waste my time on. I guess <laughs> if we when we do have time to watch television, <laughs> it's usually nonsense. There's usually not anything of substance. All right, married at first sight. I'm obsessed with this show. I don't understand why. I'll just leave it. At <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't ever seen this show, I think we're on like season 15. I mean, we, we are like heavily invested in this show. Melissa <laughs> probably doesn't want me to say that out loud. Um, and then the second thing yeah, it's out there. Yeah. And there's about 40 episodes for each season. I mean, we're, we're like heavily invested and at, or at least I am. I, the psychology of it is great. And then the second thing is the, uh, I was watching CBS last week and the challenge, like as in like the road world or whatever it was, road rules, real world challenge. It's on CBS now. I, I saw that. So it that's went like, network it went TV now. It went mainstream. I saw, I saw it on, on the list. Yeah. I didn't know it was on. Wow. Okay. It doesn't <laughs> have all the, it doesn't have all the old people. It has like people from like Survivor. So I can't wait till Chase Rice shows up because technically he counts. Uh, me and Morgan used to watch the challenge back in the day. We had all sorts of drinking games and all sorts of stuff associated with that. Back when we were immature, we've aged out of that now. <laughs> There's a whole plethora of things that everybody out there uh, waste their time on that probably could be spent reading a book and getting more intelligent. But instead we watch the, the crazy people do reality TV on TV or the YouTube, depending on, I guess your age. But, um, we'd love to know what some of you who are listening, uh, waste your time on. So be sure to let us know. All right. It's, it's back by popular demand. <laughs> it's, time. Right. it's time. It's cancel time. Oh man, it's been a while, but I got one for you, and it's a good one, especially you with children or those who have dealt with snack cups or every sort of children. But my cancel corner is one and only snack cup. These rubbery, it's a cup you fill up, you got this rubbery lid you put on top, and you can stick your hands in and get a little bit out and pull out. Well, you know, they're supposed to make it. To, you know, to last forever for these kids, I guess, right? Well, no, no, they don't, because eventually 
it, it starts to give way and opens up to this big, big giant hole where everything can just fall right out of what you put it in there. So get Bridget the pink one, the one that's worn down now. I didn't see that the, the flap hands are like kind of like once you pull, see him pull it out, they stay open. They don't shut back close. She takes it and just dumps the whole snack on herself. And yeah. I'm like, all right, well, that snack cup is ruined. So we'll not be buying any more of those. Um, and we'll be trying to find something else to use. But uh, snack cup with your snack cup libs. The, uh, uh, I'm canceling you. I don't know what the name of it. I'm sorry. I, I don't have the name of it. They're not even worth saying the name. Um, <laughs> but you're canceled. I'm finding somebody else. You're, you're, you're not even on notice. You're just, you're like Syracuse. You're out. Get out of my life. <laughs> Syracuse, Boston College, and Miami. Snack, and snack cup lids, and Miami. <laughs> um, you're canceled. So, same, tune in next time. Same canceled channel. Same canceled time. Cancel. Morgan, what was the snack, and where did she drop it? It was cheery. It was, it was in the car. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> no wonder. That's what. But, but 80% of what's on the floor in that car right now is cheery, so it doesn't really matter anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, be sure to go follow us on all the social media channels, the YouTube, and... um you know, give us five stars and a great review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast material, because Miserable and Reckless is there. So for this episode, I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, presented by the Cold Cans Network, and we will see you next time.